بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ونبينا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين بشحر صدري ويسلي أمري وحل لقدة من لساني يفقه قولي ما بعد Respected elders, your brothers and sisters, my young friends Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh we begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Lord of the universe, our designer, our creator, our sustainer, our nourisher, our protector. We begin by sending peace and salutations upon his beloved messenger, Muhammad, son of Abdullah, sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wasallam. Brothers and sisters, I hope that you are all doing well and are under the protection and the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always protect you, bless you, and may He always keep you safe and happy. Ameen, Ya Rabbal Alameen. Alhamdulillah, today by the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we continue on our recovery from the global pandemic and its local impact as we enter into stage three of reopening, alhamdulillah. And what that means is that we have probably the highest level of uh, normalcy in terms of the reopening or restarting of activities, of work, of businesses, of parks, of gatherings, possible under the current circumstances. Because of course, the pandemic is still ongoing, so the return to normalcy is not going to be 100% uh, as, as it used to be before this all started. But in, under the circumstances, this is probably uh, the most that we will be able to have in terms of a sense of normalcy, alhamdulillah. Now there are still some important guidelines and restrictions uh, to be followed, such as physical distancing. And of course we have the rules with regards to the mandatory use of masks indoors. Uh, but alhamdulillah, we are slowly seeing improvements, locally at least, alhamdulillah. And for places where there are uh, no improvements or slower rate of improvements, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect the good people there, to protect our brothers and sisters there, and to uh, to save them from any type of harm. Ameen ya rabbal alameen. As we discussed before, my brothers and sisters, Getting back to normal, even if it is a new normal, means on the one hand, it means that we are able to return to uh, a, a, a sense of normalcy in our lives. But it also means, on the other hand, that there are more distractions for us. That there are more distractions for us. There's Because you see, there's nothing that happens that does not have an impact. Everything that happens... Right? Even the slightest, slightest of movements, even the slightest or the smallest of acts of ours, every single thing has an impact, large or small. But somewhere there has to be an impact. So when this pandemic came, it clearly had a, a huge impact on the world, upon people, upon us. It had positive impacts for animals, for example, as we discussed, uh, perhaps I think in March. 
you know, and, and positive impact on nature, on uh, uh, in terms of uh, purity of air and the lack uh, of pollution, you know, the lessening of pollution, for example. So there is, on one hand, the impact could be negative for some, it could be positive for some. Or as we have also discussed, it could actually be positive for some, but they perceive it as being negative. Uh, right? It's possible Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that perhaps you dislike something, but it is actually good for you. Right? And the opposite is also true. That you dislike something, or sorry, that you like something, you love something, but it is actually bad for you. Right? Allah knows and you do not know. So that the reality is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best as to exactly what is good for us and what is bad for us. But of course the things which he has made haram, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has discouraged, has disliked, has prohibited, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has disliked and prohibited, those things are bad for us. There is no discussion around that. No matter what anyone else tells us, those things which have been categorically stated as being prohibited or disliked or uh, as, as being wrong, they are bad for us and that is why they have been prohibited Over the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his mercy towards us to protect us and to keep us safe from harm Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made things prohibited for us and likewise the things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made uh, obligatory upon us or that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has advised and recommended that is only for our own benefit as well right it is because they are better for us in this world and in the hereafter so you know, there are uh, uh, some uh, harms that we see and then there are some benefits to that as well. And then there are things that we see as beneficial, such as this reopening. I think most people will agree if we speak to them that yes, this reopening should happen and, you know, uh, it's, it's a good thing for us as, as a society and as a community that we can go back to living our, our, our lives with as much, uh, you know, uh, with as few restrictions uh, as possible and as needed. So that can be seen as a good thing. And for the most part, I think everyone will agree that, yes, overall, it's probably good for us. But in some ways, it can be harmful for us as well. right? And that means, as we discussed previously, that there are more distractions for us. Distractions from what? From the connection that we have built with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala during our time of need. Because when a person is in need, when a person is ill, for example, when you have a loved one who is ill, when you are... In, uh, in pain, when you are in uh, a difficulty, your level of turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is certainly different than under normal circumstances, right? So in our time of need, we built a connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and now this reopening will serve as a distraction for us from that connection and also from the good habits that we developed during lockdown and during restrictions, right? When we we're living through this period, we have... Uh, you know, establish perhaps some good habits, uh, some good uh, practices, especially when it comes to the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and when it comes to our behavior, then it seems that uh, it is likely that once the distractions come back, that perhaps those good habits will become more and more difficult for us or we will become distracted from practicing upon those good habits. Now we had also discussed extensively in the beginning of the pandemic the various types of tests that we are facing or that we were facing, right? There was a test of faith. There was a test of patience. There was a, a, a the test of patience and perseverance. There was a test of trust and reliance in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The test of 
the acceptance of Allah's decree. Right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tests human beings in different ways, including us. And one event, right? One event, and subhanAllah, I'm still amazed when I think about it, months in now, that is just one tiny virus. One tiny virus which is smaller than even other bacteria. Okay? Which you need even more special microscopes to look at because it's so tiny. And through this one tiny virus, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has tested us and has tested the world in unimaginable ways, and in numerous ways. Right? So we were also tested in different ways and different things which were tested. So our faith, our patience, our perseverance, our trust and reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, meaning our tawakkul and the acceptance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's decree, right? Acceptance. You know, and being pleased, being uh, okay with, uh, 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 being at ease and at peace with the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So those were tests that we experienced. And those tests may be coming to an end. But there is another test that takes place after the initial test. Okay, so one is the actual test that we go through while we are going through the pandemic or while we are actually going through the trial. But then there's another test that takes place after the initial test. And that is the test of what positive impact the experience has on us, ha, has had on us. How does it change our lives for the better? Right? Whether the test was easy for us or whether the test was difficult for us, what impact, what positive impact does the test or the experience have upon us? How does it change our lives for the better? How does it change our attitudes for the better? How does it change us from within? And for how long? So definitely there was change, alhamdulillah, I think for most people during this time in terms of our spirituality, in terms of getting closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But how long does that last? You see, this pandemic gave us a great sense of longing towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And during the pandemic, we also experienced Ramadan. So it was the coming together of two great motivators to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ramadan, anyway, most Muslims, mashallah, many Muslims experience a heightened level of spirituality as we should, alhamdulillah. So that coupled with the pandemic gave us two motivators, two great motivators to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because we want to take advantage of Ramadan. And of course, we want relief from this situation and this trial that we were in. But it is likely now, my brothers and sisters, that you experienced how that changed. So that feeling, that level that we had with the coming together of these two, two great motivators of Ramadan and the pandemic, it is likely that you experienced how that changed as Ramadan departed and now as restrictions are lifted and the summer came to us. Now the good news is, my brothers and sisters, is that we have another opportunity that is coming. We have another opportunity that is coming. And think of it as you know, a, a, an opportunity slash test that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala schedules 60 days after the end of the month of Ramadan. And that opportunity is that of the 10 days of the month of Hajj, which is going to be starting in this coming week, inshaAllah. Now, of course, the loss of the Hajj this year is also a major event. And what I mean by the loss of the Hajj is the fact that instead of millions, instead of two, three million people, there will only be approximately a thousand people who will be performing the Hajj. 
Okay, this is a major event. The loss of the Hajj or people not being able to go for the Hajj and, you know, situations where masajid are closed throughout Ramadan and people are not able to pray in the masjid in Ramadan, not able to offer Umrah not able to, uh, in Ramadan, not able to offer Hajj uh, for those who would like to go from around the world. These are major events. It doesn't mean they haven't happened before. I mean, the Ramadan and the masjid closures, I think, was unprecedented, perhaps in hundreds of years. Uh, and even the Hajj, being restricted is also a major event, uh, uh, meaning historically as well. And inshallah, we will be having a discussion on this, and it's what it means uh, next Friday, inshallah, July 24th, in the evening, inshallah, we'll be having a special online program where we'll be discussing the loss of the Hajj, inshallah. But these 10 days of Dhul Hijjah are still there, just like you know, Ramadan was still there, the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was still there. Alhamdulillah, in the month of Ramadan, even though we were not able to gather, even though we were not able to offer uh, salah together in the masjid, um, these 10 days of Dhul Hijjah are still there, uh, and we are going to enter them, inshallah, very soon. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants us that opportunity. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala highlights the importance of these days. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala highlights the importance of these days according to some of the commentators of the Quran. In the first few verses of Surah Al-Fajr, Wal-Fajri right? By the dawn, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala swears an oath. By the dawn and by the ten nights, and Ibn Kathir rahimahullah said that the ten nights referred to here are the first ten days and nights of the Hijjah, and this was also the opinion that was held by Ibn Abbas, uh, Ibn Zubair, radiAllahu anhum, and others as well. Now, commentators of the Quran have given other explanations for these ten, as well. But amongst them are that it is referring to possibly the first ten days of the Hijjah. And the Prophet has told us regarding the, the greatness of these days that that there are no days in which righteous deeds are more beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than these. 10 days, meaning these 10 days of, of Dhul Hijjah. Another hadith, مَا مِنْ عَمَلٍ أَزْكَى عِنْدَ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ وَلَا أَعْظَمَ أَجْرًا مِنْ خَيْرٍ يَعْمَلُهُ فِي عَشْرِ لَمْحَ That there, are, there is no deed more precious in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No deed more precious in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, nor greater in reward than a good deed done during the 10 days of sacrifice, meaning the 10 days of Dhul Hijjah, the first 10 of Dhul Hijjah. Now, Ibn Hajar rahimahullah mentions that the most apparent reason for the 10 days of the Hijjah being distinguished in excellence is due to the assembly of the greatest acts of worship in this period. Salawat, prayers, salam, fasting, sadaqah, charity, and the hajj. And in no other periods do these great deeds combine. Now what's interesting is that, you know, in Ramadan, the actions are prescribed. In Ramadan, the actions are prescribed. What is to be done is mentioned very, very clearly. Right? Everything is clearly spelled out to us in terms of what is virtuous and what we should be doing, what we are obligated to do. Now here, when it comes to the 10 days of the Hijjah, regarding which the Prophet ﷺ has told us that you know, there is no uh, deed more precious in the sight of Allah, nor greater in reward than a good deed done during this period. Regarding that, there are very few specific details. As to what exactly should be done. Very few prescriptions about special acts of worship to be done at that time. So this is something which is not forced upon us. 
right? It is not obligatory upon us. But it is a test perhaps to see how much of a desire we have to become closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to take upon another opportunity to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Think of it as a scheduled test, an opportunity 60 days after Ramadan. Now, how or what should we do? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَيَذْكُرُ اسْمَ اللَّهِ فِي أَيَّامٍ مَعْلُومَاتٍ That mention the name of Allah on appointed days. And there's a difference of opinion as to which uh, appointed days this is referring to. The majority of the scholars mention or say that it is the first 10 days of the hijjah So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is referring to that in the Quran. وَيَذْكُرُ اسْمَ اللَّهِ فِي أَيَّامٍ مَعْلُومَاتٍ now the Prophet ﷺ has recommended abundant recitation of the praises of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on these days. To increase the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to try to do it with the heart. And we talked about this in Ramadan as well. That when we remember Allah, one, the first level is to do it with our tongues, of course. Right? The ultimate though is to do it with our hearts and our tongues and our mind. Right? So that we are fully engaged in the dhikr of Allah subhanahu but most importantly to try to do it with the heart So the heart feels The remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala One way to get the heart to feel Is to start with the tongue So even if you can't feel it You start with the tongue And then inshallah you know, By the abundant dhikr through the tongue It will start permeating into our hearts inshallah But to try to do it with the heart Is the ultimate So what does that mean? We try to feel the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala We feel gratefulness, thankfulness Towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we feel passion towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that فَاكْثِرُوا فِيهِنَّ مِنَ التَّهْلِيلِ وَالتَّكْبِيرِ وَالتَّحْمِيلِ That during this time, recite a great deal of tahleel, of tahleel, takbir, and tahmeed. So tahleel is to say, La ilaha illallah. Okay, so tahleel refers to, La ilaha illallah. Takbir is to say, Allahu Akbar. And tahmeed is to say, Alhamdulillah. So tahleel, takbir, and tahmeed. So la ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, alhamdulillah. And this is beautifully summarized in uh, in the uh, uh, in the takbirat. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Walillahi alhamd. So you have hamd there, right? You have the tahmeed there. You have the tahleel when you say la ilaha illallah. And we have the takbir, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar there as well. So this is, uh, it's a good idea that as we enter the first uh, 10 days of the hijjah that we, we build a habit of reciting this, right? Of course, the announcement will come, inshallah, but most likely uh, to begin on Wednesday, but stay tuned, inshallah, uh, for, for the announcement regarding the beginning of the hijjah. Um, Imam Bukhari mentions, records that Ibn Umar and Abu Huraira, radiallahu anhum, uh, that the two of them used to go out to the marketplace during the 10 days of the hijjah saying takbir and causing the people to say it also right so when they were walking around they would be reciting the takbir and the people would also be repeating or they would also be encouraged to say it as well secondly fasting is also recommended highly recommended until the ninth day of the hijjah likely a practice of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam the hadith that mentions this uh, you know, could be perhaps interpreted in a couple of ways, whether it's referring to the ninth or until the ninth uh, day. The tenth day is the day of Eid al-Adha. Uh, so, of course, there's no fasting allowed then. 
the fasting of the ninth uh, until the ninth day of the Hijjah. Uh, like I said, likely practice of the Prophet وسلم, And Imam Nawawi rahmatullahi says the siyamuha mustahabun istihbabun shadida. So it is recommended. He doesn't mention that it is a sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He said it is it is uh, mustahab. It is uh, uh, you know uh, virtuous. It was it is recommended uh, with special emphasis. Istihbabun shadida. Right. So it's not just a regular uh, virtue, but it's something which is highly virtuous or highly recommended. Thirdly, then, my brothers and sisters, is the fast of the ninth day of the Hijjah, which is the day of Arafah. So the day of Arafah, which is the day, uh, the climax of the Hajj. And of course, as I mentioned earlier, it's going to be very different this year uh, because there's so few people. SubhanAllah, it's going to be like the Hajj back in back in the days, like 100 years ago, you know? Uh, so 100 years, 75 years ago, what the Hajj used to look like, perhaps even longer before that, that is what the Hajj is going to look like this year. Because what has happened is, and I'm digressing here, but just very briefly, what has happened essentially that with the uh, growth in air travel, Right, with larger airplanes uh, and flights coming in, of course, the capacity to bring in people uh, increased and it became a lot easier for people to make the journey. You probably have heard from your grandparents, great grandparents, they will go for Hajj, you know, they would get on a ship, they would pack the rice and lentils and everything, or they would go on long caravans on camels, uh, traveling for months perhaps, you know, or a month or more, and it would be a long, arduous journey. So it was a very difficult journey for Hajj in the past. And uh, thus the capacity was also much less and there will be much fewer people who would actually be able to go. But now because of the, uh, the increase in, in, in air travel, in the uh, increase in, in, uh, in facilities, uh, increase in affluence in terms of people being able to afford uh, trips, of course those numbers have uh, gone much higher. But this year is going to be very, very different. Like I said, it's going to be like we are back perhaps 100 years or maybe even more or uh, approximately around there in terms of uh, the number of people performing Hajj. So the day of Arafah is going to be very different, the ninth of the Hijjah. Uh, but the Prophet وسلم, was asked about the fast of the ninth day. And he said, That it expiates for the sin or for the sins of the previous year and of the coming year. Okay, so it's a very virtuous fast of the day of Arafah, the ninth of the Hijjah, inshaAllah. Uh, so again, that is something that we should try to do for our own benefit, inshallah. Now apart from these, any other acts of worship, of repentance and virtue may be done. Um, and on the, uh, uh, that are done on these days uh, will be uh, rewarded greatly, inshallah. Uh, the hadith is general, right? That there, is no, there are no days in which righteous deeds are more beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than those 10 days. So what else can you do? Very briefly, some suggestions. Increase your level of worship during the day and during the night, right? So if that means adding some extra prayers, sunnah prayers if you're not offering them, nafil prayers if you're already offering your sunnah prayers, uh, you know, setting time aside for tawbah, for istighfar, in abundance. Huh? Right? So it's one thing to do the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in passing, but it's another to set time aside, or it's another to, you know, take time to do abundant dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So tawbah, istighfar, especially in abundance. Um, trying to achieve one khatma, one khatma of the Qur'an, reading it from cover to cover, as an example. 
uh, <clears throat> keeping your tongue moist with the dhikr and praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wherever you are. So whether it's with the takbir, the firat that we mentioned, or other forms of remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, keeping our tongues moist with the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, maintaining a state of tahara and wudu at all times. So even that is something which is virtuous, it is good. You know, going to sleep with wudu. You know, little things sometimes can have an impact on us as well in terms of the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, making arrangements for sacrifice. So for the Uthiya, and we'll talk about that inshallah in special session. Uh, coming up uh, oh, next week, uh, the week after next week inshallah, before Eid al-Adha. Uh, but making arrangements for the sacrifice as an example. Uh, waking up before Fajr and praying Qiyamul Layl. Uh, praying your Fard of course on time, goes without saying. Uh, giving charity, helping those who are less fortunate. Preparing, helping them prepare for uh, for the Eid day, sharing the spirit of the season, being cheerful with people, whichever whatever acts of goodness we do, with the intention of pleasing Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, inshallah will be beloved to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. The Prophet Allah Subhanahu wa Taala left it somewhat open for us, so we choose, we get to choose how we want to get closer to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, how we want to get closer to our Lord and to our Master. And these are special days, you know, intense level of ibadah and spirituality. At the most sacred place on earth, right? Meaning in uh, in Mecca to Mukarram. And perhaps this year, with the Hajj being severely diminished in terms of attendance, it might be better for us perhaps to value the first 10 days of the Hijjah even more so. Because huh? you think when there's 2 million people performing Hajj, right? Two, 3 million people performing Hajj, there's a great elevated state of spirituality and ibadah in the world, in the, on the earth. Right, especially in the most sacred place on earth. But when that is diminished, right, that's not going to happen. Right, the two million people, three million people that used to be doing ibadah and the remembrance of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala and performing this great act of worship will be down to a thousand. Okay, so that creates a deficit, meaning it's a lessening in the overall state of spirituality and remembrance of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala in the world. So if people are not able to go for Hajj and do it, then perhaps that that indicates to us that we should increase it, that we need to increase it. Without going for Hajj in our own places, in our own homes, in our own cities, we try to increase our remembrance of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. We can make up; no one can make up for for the spirituality that we have during Hajj in the sacred places. But Inshallah, we try to do whatever we can. Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala grant us His closeness in these days, and may we be included among all of those who will be forgiven and accepted at this time of year. Amin ya Rabbal Alameen. Amin dua. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله وإليك يرجع الأمر كله اللهم لك الحمد حتى تضع ولك الحمد إذا رضيت ولك الحمد بعد الرضا اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم Oh Allah we thank you for all of your blessings Ya Rahman Rahimeen Oh Allah please count us from among those who are from the grateful Ya Rabbal Alameen Oh Allah please count us from amongst the mu'mineen the muttaqeen from the shakirin Ya Rahman Rahimeen Oh Allah please make us people of guidance, O oh Allah, please make us people of wisdom. O oh Allah, please make us the people of dhikr, Ya Rahman Rahimeen. O oh Allah, please make us the people who are filled, whose hearts are filled with your love and the love of your beloved Messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. O Allah, please cure all of our brothers and sisters who are ill. O oh Allah, especially our elder sister who is who is in pain. O oh Allah, especially our brothers and sisters suffering from long-term pain and injury challenges. O oh Allah, our sister who is going through surgery for cancer. Oh Allah, our brothers uh, who, who are facing uh, unknown symptoms and challenges in their lives. Oh Allah, all of those who are ill or at risk of becoming ill. 
Oh Allah, you are the protector, you are the healer. Oh Allah, please grant them a speedy recovery, Ya Rahman. Oh Allah, please protect them and all of us from all types of illnesses and pain and suffering, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Oh Allah, please grant relief, special relief to all of those who are in pain, who are in grief, who are in stress and anxiety and depression. Oh Allah, please replace all of those feelings and those, those difficulties with happiness and peace and joy, Ya Rahman Rahman. Oh Allah, we are your weak servants. Oh Allah, you have brought us through this trial. Oh Allah, you are bringing us to uh, back to our old lives. Oh Allah, please uh, make our return good for us, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, please allow us and guide us to return in a better way, Ya Rahman Oh Allah, please grant, uh, allow us to continue living our lives with a greater level of Iman, greater, greater level of Taqwa, and a greater uh, level of adherence uh, and, and, and closeness to you and your beloved Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ya Rahman Allahumma fill the Jamia Motor Muslimin. Allahumma fill the Jamia Motor Muslimin. Allahumma Shamurdana, Warham Motana. Allahumma and Tarabuna, La Ilaha Illa Ant, Holoftana, Wanahno Abiduk, Wanahno Allah, Ahdika, Wadika Mustatana, Naudukam in Shurima Sanana, Nabu Lakabinamatika Alena, Wanabu with Nubina, Fillana, in the Hulaya for the Nuba Hilla Ant, Allahumma Rabana, Valamna, Fusana, Wahilam Tafilana, with Hamna and Akuna Middle Hasidin. اللهم ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من الفتن ما ظهر منها وما بطن اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها وزكها أنت خير من زكاها أنت مليها ومولاها اللهم إنا نسألك موجبات رحمتك وعزائم مغفرتك والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل إثم والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النهر يا ذا الجلال والإكرام اللهم اصبر علينا لباس الصحة والعافية وجعلها عونا لنا على طاعتك ومرضاتك يا رحم الراحمين اللهم إنا نسألك العفو والعافية والمعافاة الدائمة في الدين والدنيا والآخرة اللهم ارفع عنا هذا الوباء وهذا البلاء يا رحم الراحمين اللهم احفظنا من بين أيدينا ومن خلفنا يا رحم الراحمين اللهم ارحم ضعفنا واجبر كسرنا يا رحم الراحمين اللهم ارزقنا قبل الموت توبة وعند الموت شهادة بعد الموت جنة اللهم ارزقنا حسن القاتمة اللهم ارزقنا حسن القاتمة اللهم حاسبنا حسابا يسيرا اللهم حاسبنا حسابا يسيرا اللهم إنا نسألك علما نافعا وعملا متقبلا ورزقا حلالا واسعا ولسانا ذاكرا وقلبا خاشعا ويقينا صادقا وشفاء من كل داء اللهم ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما اللهم حبب إلينا الإيمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره إلينا الكفر والفسوق والعسيان وجعلنا من الراشدين اللهم إنا نسألك فعل الخيرات وترك المنكرات وحب المساكين وأن تغفر لنا وترحمنا فإذا أردت فتنة في قوم فتوفنا غير مفتونين يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من قلب لا يخشع ودعاء لا يسمع ومن نفس لا تشبع ومن علم لا ينفع اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من زوال نعمتك وتحول عافيتك وفجاءة نقمتك وجميع سخطك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم اغفر لنا وليقواننا الذين سبقونا بالإيمان ولا تجعل في قلوبنا غلا للذين آمنوا ربنا إنك رؤوف الرحيم اللهم حر المسجونين المظلومين خصوصا في بلاد المسلمين يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم عز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم ألف بين قلوب المسلمين ووحد صفوفهم واصلح قادتهم واجمع كلمتهم للحق يا رب العالمين 
اللهم اصلح احوال المسلمين في كل مكان اللهم حرر فلسطين والمسجد الاقصى يا ارحم الراحمين اللهم احفظ وانصر اخواننا واخواتنا في كل مكان يا ارحم الراحمين اللهم انصر المستضعفين في كل مكان وحقق لهم النصر والفتح والفتح المبين يا رب العالمين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين pray for Rukha Zohar at home and brothers and sisters who are watching online if you have registered for Friday prayer please come at your allotted time Jazakumallahu khairah wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh